0: praise him that's my story tonight that I was lost and I was bound for hell but a savior stepped out of glory and he rescued me and tonight he's worthy of all my praise and all the glory that I can give him amen is that your story tonight if it's not tonight can be your night if you don't know him as savior he's here he's still saving he's still healing he's still filling with the holy ghost we know that because the word tells us he's the same yesterday today and forever amen let's go to him before we read the word our gracious heavenly father lord what an honor it is lord to stand here lord before your people lord before the purchase of your blood lord lord to be gathered together lord knowing that you promised to be here in our midst lord so we just want to lay everything aside now for just a little while and say lord this is your time lord we want to allow you to speak we want to allow you to take control father Lord, maybe take a portion of what we have here tonight and just quicken it to our hearts, quicken it to each one, Lord, that each one can leave, Lord, with with something that has strengthened them or lifted them up, Lord, for the battle ahead, for the journey that we still have to go. Lord, I pray still, Lord, tonight for, for Brother Donnie, Lord, and his family, Brother Lance and those girls, Lord, that you'll just continue to strengthen and heal, Lord, like only you can, Father. Lord, we just know that you're the only comforter that can come in a time like this. Lord, we just want to remember him again, Lord. And Lord, we want to remember Brother Timothy and his family as they're traveling. Lord, that your hand of mercy will be upon them. Lord, Brother Joe, as he's out ministering, Lord, just be with him, Lord. And Lord, anoint him. And Father, just give him words of life to speak to your people. Lord, we commit this time now into your hands and ask that you'll bless the reading of the word. And all that's said, Father, take control in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. If you have your Bibles with you tonight, I'd like you to turn with me to... To Malachi chapter four and verse five, obviously a very familiar scripture to us. We'll read verse five and six, and then we'll also turn over and read Revelations ten seven through eleven. So we're going to read here Malachi four five and six. Says, "Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord." And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. And also in Revelation ten seven, and we'll read down through verse 11, it says, But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished, as he had declared to his servants, the prophets. And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again and said, Go and take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. And I went unto the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it and eat it up, and it shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up, and it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. Amen. I just pray the Lord will add his blessing to the word as you have your seats tonight. I'd like to speak to you for a little while tonight on, on the thought of a prepared voice. A prepared voice. Voice And we spoke a little bit last time that we did speak here on preparations and how that God is a God of preparations and he's got all things prepared for you and everything that we even go through oftentimes are preparations for things that are coming and what, what we find is is that God is never unprepared for anything. Nothing catches him off guard. Nothing the devil does catches him by surprise. Nothing that's happening in the world right now has caught God off guard. Uh, All the craziness going on all over the world, the war going on in in Israel and the different things in politics, uh, this does not catch God unaware. It's not something that he didn't know was coming, but he is always prepared. And in that, he always has what you need ready for you before you need it. He already has it. So when trials and things in our daily life do come and catch us off guard, because sometimes the trials do catch us unaware, they do catch us off guard. And when those things happen, it doesn't shock him or worry him. He just gives you what he already had prepared for you to get you through the trial or get you through what this thing is that you're facing. And and many times he's already given to you what you needed. He's already given you the resources to fight your way through before the trial even comes your way. Many times battles we have gone through have prepared us for battles that are up ahead. Sermons and services that we listen to oftentimes prepare us. Times in prayer have prepared us. And when the enemy comes in, what we can do is we can go back and draw strength from what he has already given us because he's constantly preparing us. Or, or, or what happens is sometimes we come and, and, and come face to face with a Goliath in our life. And when we come to that place, we can look back to the lion and we can look back to the bear. And we can draw from that and we can recognize that those things, as awful as they were, have prepared me for this moment. I'm not standing here in doubt. I'm not standing here in fear. But what I know is the same God that delivered the lion, the same God that delivered the bear, is the same God that's going to deliver me out of this situation and give me victory for what I'm facing here tonight. So your trials don't, don't go without purpose. And I know many times we don't want to go through them, and I don't want to go through them, but I know that tonight I am battle-tested. I know that this bride is battle-tested, and the enemy has come time after time after time, and yet we're still standing. And so I know that whatever we face tomorrow and the next day, the same God that brought us through that is going to take us through that all the way till he brings us to a rapture. Amen. He is the provider. God always provides what we need, even in situations that catch us off guard. But as it relates, and this is really what I want to get to, because in our daily life, yes, things catch us off guard. But as it relates to the age that we live in, and as it relates to the end time and the coming of the Lord and all that is coming upon the earth, God has made sure that none of it has caught us unaware. None of it has snuck up on us. None of this is happening and we're going, what's going on? I can't believe this. He has made sure that we were prepared and aware for what was coming upon the earth. He made sure that we knew the hour we were living in. He made sure that we knew the day we were living in. He made sure that we would know exactly what to expect in this day. We know what's coming upon the earth. Listen, if you're looking around and all this is shocking you, you haven't been reading the message or the Bible or listening at all. This shouldn't shock us. As a matter of fact, although these things are awful, it should make us look at it and rejoice and recognize we're at the end. This is what we've been told was coming all along, and we can rejoice in knowing that. Why? How did that happen? He sent a message in this day so that you would be prepared. He sent a message that none of this would catch you off guard. And in that, he provided exactly what you would need to be able to stand in the evil day. I thank God that because of that message in these times of chaos, I have peace tonight. In in, in times of uncertainty, we are certain that our God is living. We are certain that this word is true. In times of confusion, we don't have to wonder. We have a solid rock we can stand on tonight because he has sent a message in this day to prepare us for all that is coming. And not only to prepare us, but to give us the ability to stand. To give us the ability to stand and, and, and proclaim that there is a living God. And an ability to stand and prepare us all the way till he raptures our bodies. Amen. Not only that, because oftentimes we look to the rapture because that is the ultimate goal. But he gives us all we need to fulfill what he expects us to fulfill while we wait. Because it's not one of those things that the message just comes and we receive it and we go, well, thank God now I'm going to kick back, sit back, and do nothing until the rapture comes. That's, that's not how this works. There are things that He wants us to fulfill. The, the Word has declared that the move is on for the bride. Now, that move, even though it, it wasn't just a move away from denominations... Although that was a huge part of it. Come out of her, my people, that you not be partakers of her sin. That was a huge part of the move. But the move was also a move to battle. It was a move to conquer. It was a move to go out to war. When David heard the rustle in the mulberry bushes, it told him that the Lord had gone before him and it was time to go to battle. So what is this move we're talking about? We're to go take all of our promises. We're to go take all the devil has stole from us. We're to take back our joy. Take back our peace. Take back our freedom take back our liberty those are things that we are to fulfill while we wait we are to be conquering every devil taking every promise the land is ours from one border to the other border i'm not just going to sit here and wait on the rapture but we're called to take it all while we're here there's purpose in the waiting it's not just kick back doing on doing nothing but it's a move to battle a move to conquer a move to overcome it's a, it's, a, it's a mood to take all that the word promises us. With us, saith the Lord, we don't have to fear demons. With us, saith the Lord, we don't have to, to fear Satan's Eden. With us, saith the Lord, we don't have to fear any sickness But we can stand firm tonight knowing that with thus saith the Lord, whatever's been spoken is going to take place. And there's been a vision spoken over this bride that says when others went down, we went up. That's that's Thus saith the Lord. I'm telling you, I'm resting in that tonight. I'm focused on that tonight. I'm not focused on all around me, although you don't deny those things. Those things are a reality. But my focus is there's another reality in my life. There's a living God and he's called a bride out and he's not going to leave her here fighting alone but while we're here he's gone before us and when our time is up and we've conquered what we're called to conquer he's taking us out of here hallelujah we are to be a voice crying out in the closing moments of time that there is a living god we're to be a voice crying out for holiness and for righteousness We are to be a voice to the final age and to a dying world that there is a reality to God. And not only that, but there is a way prepared that you can escape what's coming on this earth. You are to be a voice that's crying out that to the people you run into, to the people you work with, to the people you rub shoulders with. And it may not be ever through your mouth, but there should be a life lived that shows there's a living God. There's something different about that person. That person is, is totally different from everybody else. What is it that makes them different? What is it? There should be a life crying out there's a reality to God. Because it's a voice, a voice that comes out of your life. Hallelujah. Let me look, move down here. He made sure that we weren't caught unaware and he made sure that we were prepared. And he comes and he requ- and one thing I love about the way our Lord operates is he comes and he says that he requires faith. And he asks the question, When I come, will I find faith? And then he comes right behind that and provides the very faith that he's looking for. And it's the way that he operates. He, 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 he required a lamb and he provided the lamb. He required a life and so he gave his life. He required faith and so he comes and he provides that faith. Brother Branham says the end time message is to get the bride ready and prepared for the rapture. What can it do? According to Malachi 4 is to bring them back to the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Bring them back to the faith of the fathers. To the Pentecostal part. In the restoration time, I will restore, saith the Lord. That's a real event. That's end time evangelism. Amen. God always prepares us by equipping us with exactly what it is we have need of. He always prepares us by equipping us with exactly what we have need of. And, And as evil as it is in the world today. As bad as it is, the things going on in the world today, as believers we can look at those things through the word of God and we can say that this is a wonderful time to be alive. Now if you just look at what you see going on, it's not very much wonderful happening. But when you view it through the eyes of the word, when you view it through the eyes of prophecy, then you can say it's a wonderful time to be alive. Not not wonderful in the sense that what you see is wonderful. But wonderful because the word has prepared us for all these things. And we can use these things to know exactly where we're standing. It's wonderful to know that we're right here at the blending of time and eternity. It's wonderful to know that we're right here at the coming back of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's wonderful to know that very soon we're going to get a body change in a moment in a twinkle of an eye. It is a wonderful time to be living in. It's wonderful because we know that the coming of the Lord is at hand and that our redemption draweth nigh. Amen. Listen, what you're seeing on the streets and what you're seeing in the, in the entertainment world and what you're seeing in the LGB agenda and, and, and the evil coming from every side, what we see going on in Israel, all of these things are signs of the times. Every one of these things are, as we would say, the handwriting on the wall. Church, it's going home time. Church, it's time to to make sure your lamps are trimmed and bright. It's time to check up. It's time to make sure there's oil in the lamp. It's not time to play church. This is the going home of the bride. This is the coming of the Lord. This is the rapture. We are in it. We are in the midst of it. Wake up and look around and recognize where you're standing. It is a wonderful time. Handwriting's on the wall, and I want to encourage you tonight not to allow all these things to become heavy upon you. It's not something that's to weigh you down. Oh my goodness, look what's going on here, and can you believe this, and can you believe that? Yes, I can believe it. It was foretold. We've been believing it for years. Why is it shocking you now? We've been saying it was coming for years. Why is it shocking us now? Jesus said, men's heart failing for fear. Don't let that be you. Your heart shouldn't be failing for fear. In that moment, he says, lift up your heads, look up to the sky, your redemption draweth nigh. It's time to celebrate even like Tabernacle and recognize the realities of where we're at. It's going home time. Even if you're a casual student of the scripture. Even a casual student of the message, what we should see, what we see should cause our heart to rejoice because it's fulfillment. It's fulfillment of what's been laying there all along, it's fulfillment of what we've been told and of what has been spoken, and fulfillment is the greatest vindication. Think about it fulfillment is the greatest vindication. So, what this does is give me greater faith than I've ever had before. He said this and it's fulfilled. He said this and it's fulfilled. He said this and it's fulfilled. If that part's true, then so is the rest of it. The rest of it is true. The body change is true. The rapture is true. The marriage supper of the Lamb is true. Eternity is true. It's all true. It's being fulfilled right in front of your face. It shouldn't f- fear bring fear in your heart, but it should make your heart rejoice. It's all true. It's all happening. Everything I've held dear, everything i believed is happening right before my very eyes. Hallelujah. If that part's true, then it's all true. We're about to go home. We are about to go home. We've come to the place where it's either true or it isn't. It's either a reality or it isn't. And yet it doesn't scare me to make a statement like that because I look at one thing after another being fulfilled. I can't imagine falling away right now. I can't imagine looking around right now and going, no, Brother Branham wasn't the prophet. Each and every day more is fulfilled. Each and every day I'm reminded and my faith is lifted up that, yes, this is the true prophet. Yes, this message is the truth. Yes, this message foretold this. Yes, this message came to prepare my heart, to turn my heart, that I would be ready when these things came upon the earth and I would not be caught unawares. When these things come to pass, I like how the scripture says, then look up and lift up your heads. For your redemption draweth nigh. I didn't break down the Greek words or get into it. But just as I read it. I noticed that there was a distinction there. It says then look up and lift up your heads. Which indicated there was a people for a time who had their heads hanging down. Who had their heads down wondering is it ever going to come to pass. Or is this really the truth? And they were wondering and they were doubting and maybe they were those people that said, Lord I believe but help my unbelief and sometimes your head gets down you get beat down. Life comes at us fast sometimes. Things catch us unaware but he don't want this to catch you unaware so he says go ahead, lift your head up. Go ahead quit looking at the ground. Quit looking over here and over here. Lift your head up and look up your redemption draweth nigh. Lift your head up. You're not going to be left holding the bag. Lift your head up there's a truth to the rapture lift your head up your children are coming home lift your head up our god will not leave us forsaken lift your head up your redemption draweth nigh he's made sure that we are properly equipped to stand and to be the final voice to the final age although this is the darkest hour and the age most full of doubt The age full of the most unbelief. Even though we stack all that up and say that we, above all other ages, are without excuse. Even though there may be more stacked against us in many ways, we are without excuse because you have been given more than any other age. There has been more light shown to you than in any other age. We're not having to go around and prod at truths and and prod at mysteries and wonder and and maybe and, and could this be. You're not having to go out and fight battles with partial truths. Think of the courage that took to stand there with small bits of truth. But in this day, the whole arsenal has opened up to you. Every weapon you have need of, everything you have need of, every mystery revealed. The seals torn open. It's all right there for you. It's all been opened up. And we've had more revealed to us than any other age. And so therefore, we are better equipped... Than any other age. Better equipped to stand in the darkness. Than any other age. Because we have a light that shines forth. Now that being said. God has equipped every age. For the challenge that they would face. There was no age left standing. Fighting alone. There was anointing. That came for every age. And none of those ages. Had had to face that age. Without the anointing for their day. And we're going to go into that for just a minute just to show how God never leaves us fighting alone. He never leaves you there just hoping you'll be okay. But He provides exactly what you're going to have need of to make it through. Wherever you're at tonight, He's provided what you're going to need to make it through. Listen, you're not going under. You're not going down. You're not going to lose everything. He's already provided. He's already provided to make sure. Listen, you're not going to go down with that sickness. He's already provided the healing. You're not going to lose your children. He's already provided salvation. We're not going to lose in this day. He's already went to prepare us a place. It's already there. And he's going to make sure that we get there as well. He had so much confidence, and I know I said this last time, but it strikes my heart, so much confidence that you were going to be there that he went ahead and went to prepare a place for you to come to. He didn't do that thinking nobody's going to show up. He said, I know they're coming. I know they're going to make it. I'm going to make sure they make it. I'm so sure of it. I'm going to go hang the gates. I'm going to pave the streets. I'm going to get everything ready. I know they're coming, and he's already prepared it for you. But the anointings that we know of down through the ages, the four living creatures, the lion, the ox, the man, and the eagle. As the Antichrist spirit would go out in each age, God would release an anointing to combat what the Antichrist spirit was doing. It's actually, as I read it, a direct interpretation or fulfillment of what the scripture means when it says when the enemy comes in like a flood... I will raise up a standard against it. When the enemy released this, God released this. When the Antichrist would come and ride this way, God would release this to combat it. So it was each anointing was prepared exactly for the time that it was needed. It was what they needed in that time, even if we can't understand it today. As the white horse rode out in, in, in the early ages, Brother Brandon would tell us it was a teaching ministry. And the Antichrist went out in a teaching ministry, and so God sent out the lion. And the lion, which was the word. And he sends out the, the true word. And he sends out Irenaeus, and he sends out Polycarp and others. And he sends out his own teaching. The teaching of the true word to withstand the false teaching. And to ensure that the true vine would have exactly what they needed. That they would have the true word to stand on. So he sends that out to to ensure that the elect would not be deceived. Millions in that teaching of the Antichrist were swept away and and the church fell away by the teachings of this Antichrist spirit, by the white horse rider. But the line of the tribe of Judah, the true word was released to ensure that the true vine would be there. That the true vine would not fall away. So that early church, go back and read the church age book. The early church had healings and they had miracles and visions and they had power. Because the living word in the form of the line was there to combat the falsehoods of the Antichrist spirit. To combat the formalism. To combat the Nicolaitanism. To combat those things that were sweeping all these people away. God said, I will not allow my elect to be deceived. I will not allow the true vine to be deceived. So I'm sending my word. I'm sending the lion down there to stand on their behalf. It's a prepared standard. It's what he's got ready. A prepared anointing that God releases to give the people overcoming power in their day. Listen, he doesn't expect you to stand alone. What he expects you to do is take what he gives you and use it to stand and overcome the enemy in your day. He's not expecting you just to pull yourself up by the bootstraps. But he says, no, I've sent a message in this day. I sent an anointing in this day. I don't expect you to do it alone, but I expect you to pick up what I gave you and go to war with it. Pick up what I've given you and use it to stand. Use it to fight. Use it to overcome. It will be victorious because it's the anointing he's released in this day for you to use. So then the Antichrist sends out the red horse rider in the dark ages. Which we know takes peace from off the earth. And God releases the ox anointing. Under this anointing they gave their lives by the millions. They gave their lives for Christ. They gave it freely, gallantly, untold bravery. How? Because they were under an anointing. That was the anointing for that age. And Brother Branham tells us in the fifth seal that we can only work... By the spirit that God releases into the age that we are living in. He says you can only work under the spirit that God releases into the age that you're living in. So the true vine will respond to the anointing of the age. And they won't fight against the anointing of the age. Notice it's the job of the false vine to fight against the anointing that's been released by God. That is there to protect the elect. But the elect will receive that anointing and move with that anointing and work under that anointing to accomplish all that God has called them to accomplish in that day. They work with it. Listen, that's why we preach what we preach. That's why we preach how we preach. That's why we preach the supernatural. That's why we preach the gifts. And that's why, we, that's why we preach the miracles. And that's why we preach the restored word. Because all of that was released to us in this day for a purpose. I'm not going to fight against it. I'm going to move with it and say, Lord, you released it. You restored it. You opened it. I must need it to withstand in this evil day. I must need it to withstand the pale horse rider. I must need it so I'm going to move with it. It was released to us in this day to prepare us to be the final voice to the final age. And we must respond to it and work with it and move under it. Brother Branham says, what did they do? They willingly walked up there and died. They didn't but care. Because the spirit of the church in that day was sacrifice, labor, And they walked up just as freely as they could walk, anointed with the true spirit of God of that age, and died like heroes. A sacrifice, thousands times thousands, 68 million of them on the record. And then the black horse goes out, and God uses the wisdom of man to combat it, or the wisdom of God working through men. Men anointed to use their intelligence to combat the Antichrist. This was the age of the Reformation with men like Luther and Wesley and many others. And God gave man the spirit of wisdom that they were able to recognize and withstand the lies of the Catholic Church. Men like Luther began to see that things wasn't right and that the just should live by faith. Men like Wesley recognized that the blood of Christ would sanctify life and that you didn't have to pay penance and and do all these different things. They began to recognize that and God began to reveal it to them. And God used those men to, to fight against the corruption in the church and bring the church back to God once again. And when I say church, I mean the true vine, the elect. And then finally the Antichrist gets on his pale horse and goes on his death ride. That's the age we live in pale it's grayish there's nothing right there's nothing wrong live how you want do what you think's okay there's death in the world death in the church do exactly what you want to do and I'll tell you what that produces the scripture even tells us it produces it if you live that way it produces hell because right behind this horse rider hell followed Because everywhere he went, that's exactly what he produced. And that's exactly where that type of thinking will lead you is straight to hell. Listen, there are standards. There are things that matter. The word matters. One of the biggest uh, tricks the devil ever played on people was that little things don't matter. Oh, why are you making a big deal about it? Listen, if it's in the word, if it was ever a big deal, it's still a big deal. Just because things have become socially acceptable all of a sudden doesn't mean that it's acceptable to God. Listen, so much so there's a a quote that always really pricks my heart and makes me do a lot of repenting. Because Brother Branham said that if you have an alt in your heart towards someone. An alt. That's like a, I'm not sure the exact definition, but maybe a grudge. He says you are in danger of hellfire. So don't tell me something's not a big deal. If it puts me in danger of hellfire, it's a big deal. And I understand that as human beings, we can't all walk in absolute perfection. But under the blood of Jesus, you can. And the way you do it is by recognizing if His Word says it, it's a big deal. If God cares, I should care. And I'm going to walk according to the ordinances of His Word, under the power of the Holy Ghost, as perfect as I can. Because God cares. Because things are a big deal. And the pale horse rider goes forth. And hell's following it. But God didn't leave us here unprepared. He didn't leave us here without something to combat. But in that moment, he releases the eagle anointing in this day. He releases a message into this day. And listen, it's no longer us pointing back and saying, Oh, look, isn't it amazing how they overcame under the ox anointing? Isn't it amazing how they overcame under the lion or under the man? This is no longer a historical thing. This is you taking the anointing that's been given in your day and doing what they did. And that's withstanding the Antichrist spirit. It's your time to stand. It's your time to write your chapter in the book. It's your time to take what God's given you and stand up and fight and say, I will not bend, I will not bow, I will not back up. It's the most evil age. But God has given me an anointing. God has prepared me with a message to stand in this final day. It's our turn to stand. It's our turn to run. It's our turn to operate under the anointing of our age and under the message of our day. And withstand all the evil that has been released by the pale horse rider. To withstand this godless age, to stand like the Hebrew children, I understand it's hotter than it's ever been before, but I ain't bowing. I understand it's worse than it's ever been before, but I ain't bowing. I understand that things have been released and there's demons everywhere and they're beating on a door, but I am not bowing. And he's not expecting you to do it on his own. He's just looking for somebody to square their shoulders back and he'll pour that anointing out upon you and give you strength and give you courage and give you ability to stand in the evil day. And when you've done all to stand, stand therefore. How am I gonna stand when I've done all to stand? He gives me the strength. The eagle anointing is poured out in this day to give you strength to stand he didn't bring us here unprepared in every age he equipped them with the power they needed for what they were going to face and for what he wanted accomplished and in this age he wanted it all accomplished he wants it all wrapped up he wants it culminated with the resurrection he wants it wrapped up with the body change and with the rapture and under the eagle anointing, the anointing that could go higher than any of the other anointings, and see more than any of the others could see, he comes and he breaks the seals off the book. He restores Bible truth and he finishes the mysteries and he gives us everything that we would have need of to prepare us to stand, to prepare us to fight, to prepare us to win, to prepare us to rapture. Brother Brown says, and then at the last power, he brings down the eagle. To restore the children back to the original faith again of their fathers. The eagle age. Then you notice there is no more beast. That's all of it. That's the end. Now if you would now take Revelation 10. 1 through 7. He said I've been referring to it. He says remember in the last messenger age see. What was to happen? All of the mysteries of God would be revealed. The eagle. Amen. The eagle age. Where we operate... Not as looking through a glass darkly, but where it's all open to us. Jericho has fallen. The land is yours. You're in a new land. Now go take it. Go and possess what's been made available to you. It's the most evil of all ages. Satan's released everything he has into this age. As we said, there's demons from the river Euphrates here. The pale horse has done his work. The world is in chaos. We're on the verge of World War III. The world is turning on Israel. America is turning on Israel. Every day I see more videos of pro-Palestinian riots in the streets of the United States of America. We're standing here on the very brink. We're at the very end. Oh, does that make you nervous? Nope. I'm not even hardly seeing that anymore because I'm so focused up. Because the word says when you see these things come to pass, look up, your redemption draweth nigh. It's time, church. And we're not pointing to the future. I'm not even saying it's very soon. I'm saying it's now. I'm saying it's upon us. I'm saying make sure that the tokens apply. The blood is on the doorpost. Tell your loved ones, get in the ark. Get in the ark. It's time to go home. We're right there at it. And you've been prepared for this. And now you must stand and be the voice. Stand and declare that there is a living God. That, that, that there is truth. That there is a new birth. There must be a people on the earth at this time giving voice to truth. There's so many other voices. Someone has to be giving voice to truth. Listen, we can't go silently into the night. It's not our job just to blend in. You can't blend in. And I ain't telling you, you got to go stand on every street corner and preach. But your life better be preaching loud and clear. You better be preaching loud and clear the realities of a living God. The miraculous God. The supernatural God. Because He's done His part. He has done His part in making the preparations. He provided and prepared a message he pre- uh, prepared and provided an anointing. But what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? So many times we don't, we don't step into it fully because we're so bogged down by our own ideas. So bogged down on how we think it should be. When there's a vindicated word telling us exactly how it is. Quit getting caught up in the little side things. Quit getting caught up and bogged down and, and step into the anointing that's been sent for this day. Throw aside your ideas tonight and use what God has prepared for you to use. You got you to put on the message. It's like, it's like a coat or an outfit. You got to put it on and you got to wrap yourself in it and let it begin to change your life. Let the Holy Ghost take over your life because it's the only thing that will bring you victory in this day. It's the only thing that will defeat the devil in this day. It's tested. It's tried. We saw it in this generation. And yes, I'll point back for a minute. We saw it in Brother Branham's day. Night after night after night. Defeat the devil. And he told us that the word will defeat the Satan any place, anywhere, anytime. Bring it forward. We've seen it right here. Time after time after time. The message and the word of God is time tested. So I'm kind of like David when Saul came to him. When you come to me with an idea, well, I think this, what about that? I'm kind of like David. I'm like, you know, that might be okay for you. That might work for you, but I'm the one fixing to step down here into this valley. I think I'll go with what God provided for me. I think I'll go with what I know works. What I know is God's with this slingshot. I don't know about your sword. I don't know about your armor. But when I went into battle with this, I came out victorious. And then I went in again, and I came out victorious. So tonight, I'm going in with the same weapon. It works. It works. It works, it works, every single time it works. I'm going to stick with what I know, with what God has given me to fight with. I'm going to use what I know God is in. And I know God is in His Word. I know God is in this message. I'm going to operate under the anointing that God has brought in this day to make sure I make it. There's many people out there that believe. There's many that believe in deliverance. There's many that believe in the power of the Lord Jesus and even believe for a rapture. But they're going out to conquer and they're going out to do battle with what they think. And they go out to fight with their ideas. Or else they they go out with the ideas of their family or how daddy thought or how mama thought. And all of us have a paradigm that we see life through. The way we see things. All of us. And a lot of it is determined by the house you were brought up in. That's not unique to you. We all do. But we all have to throw those things aside. And forget it as though it were dung. And say Lord what does the word say? What did the prophet say? What does the holy scripture say? I have to lay those things aside. And throw them down. And use what God has prepared. Use what's been tested. Use a word that's been vindicated. Time. After time, use the anointing that God sent to make sure you'd be victorious. Listen, in that day, it seemed as though of all the people there, Saul, more than any of them, was the one that looked as if he should go out and fight Goliath. Looked as if he was the one that could be victorious. But it was David who was operating under a fresh anointing. Think about it. It was David with the experience... Of fighting enemies that seem bigger and stronger. David had the experience. One thing when this message came and turned our hearts back to the faith. It pointed us back to the truth of the new birth. To the truth of the genuine Pentecostal experience. This message told us over and over and over again. You must be born again. You must have the token. You must have the new birth. Because without that, you're no more than a Saul who is well trained and yet cannot face the giants in the land. Yeah, that's, right. that's all you are. No, I'm not saying you can't be more than that. That's all I was before the Holy Ghost came. I was a Saul. I couldn't face my giants. I might could quote quotes. I might could quote scriptures. Listen, you may come and you may dress the part. Nobody looked better than Saul. Matter of fact, his army was well-dressed, they were well-trained, they had long hair, they had long skirts, they did things right, they didn't curse, they had prayer time. But when Goliath showed up, they had no power. They had no authority. They wouldn't go into the valley and face their giant. But there came one who had an experience there came one who knew that his God was a living God because he had had deliverance after deliverance and he had met God for himself and he was willing and able to go into the valley. He was willing and able to go down into that because without that, like I said, you're no, you're no more than a Saul and when you're in that condition, you cannot fulfill being bone of his bone. You cannot fulfill the, 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 being the final voice to the final age. Brother Branham says, if there was one man in the whole nation of Israel... That would have been equipped physically to fight the giant It was Saul. said so he was head and shoulders above his entire army. He was well trained. He knew all the maneuvering. How to handle the spear. Let's put it in terms like this. He knew all the quotes. He knew all the scriptures. He could quote circles around you. He knew all the maneuvers. How to handle the spear. How to hold his shield. How to knock a lick off. Not only that, but he was the trainer of men. Minister. He stood up and told others how to do it. The largest man in the nation. The best trained man in the nation. But one of the biggest cowards in the nation. And that's the way it is today. It doesn't take the educated and the trained. But he had never put God to a test. He says, but one day from way back on the backside of the desert. Come a little ruddy looking, drawed up, not Jesse's son, David. A little sheepskin coat on him was packing a slingshot in his hand. That giant made his brag at the wrong time. David looked over and said, do you mean to tell me that you'll let that uncircumcised Philistine stand up there and defy the armies of the living God? Could you imagine the littlest man on the ground taking up his challenge? The biggest man and the best trained man and the more equipped man to fight the man was a coward. Brother, listen, I read this quote for this line. It doesn't lay in training. It lays in experience. It doesn't lay in your training. It doesn't lay in your head knowledge. It lays in experience. Moses had training. And all the training he had, he killed one Egyptian and had to run away from what God had called him to do. He had to run away from what he was called to do. But just five minutes in the presence of the burning bush was greater than 40 years of training down in Egypt. And as long as you're relying on what you know, or who mama is, or who daddy is, and and this and that and the other, you're going to end up running from the commission that God has called you to complete. But the minute you get in his presence and allow his presence to get in you, it changes everything. That's when you can fulfill what you're called to do. That's when you can be the final voice. That's when you can overcome every devil. That's when you can take a rapture when you meet God for yourself and it's no longer training, but it's an experience that you've had for yourself. Only then was Moses able to fulfill the commission that God had called him to fulfill. It's not about your head knowledge. You can try all you want to. I know, I speak from experience. I wanted to do right. I wanted to be good. I tried all I wanted to and ended up running away whipped every single time. I don't mind saying it. I know who I was. And I know what a failure I was. But I know what happened when I met him and allowed him to take control of my life. It's not about how much you know. You're going to end up defeated every time until you have that experience. You're going to end up hiding in your tent just like Saul Saul did. It's not about your manufactured holiness. It's okay. You don't have to get quiet. It's not about that. It's not not about your spiritual ideas and and how spiritual you can be and how you can turn every daily event into some kind of spiritual riddle. That ain't what this is about. It's have you met God? Do you know Him? Have you been born again? And if you have, you can stand in this day. You can overcome. You're going to make it. That settles it. Oh, it's so complicated. No, do you know God? Do you have the new birth? Have you met it for yourself? Have you had your backside of the desert experience? It's a simple question because you must be born again. That's what it's all about. That's what you have to have. Has his life come into your life? Have you taken what he has prepared for us and prepared yourself with it? because we have a job to do we have to finish the race we have to be the final voice and as I've said over and over you, you have been equipped to be the final voice you have been equipped to stand in this day he has very specifically sent a word for this day so that you would be prepared and equipped listen I, I, I know that the word is the word is the word sometimes this can be confusing to some people but just just briefly The word that Luther brought is still the word today. It's still 100% the truth. The just shall live by faith. We still must have justification. It's still the word. The word that Wesley brought is still the word today. We still believe in sanctification. But as the light moves on, it reveals more. So when we say something like the message of that day doesn't work today, it's not that we throw away what was revealed in those days. It's that it can no longer stand alone. It can no longer stand alone. There has been more revealed and the light has shown greater. And now you must have that. You must have Luther's message. Plus Wesley's message. Plus the restoration. Plus the unfolding of the word. You must have all of that plus. That's what we mean by a message for this day. The message of this they didn't tear that down. It built upon that. It tied up all the loose ends. And God restored it all in one glorious message to prepare you to stand. And he sent it under an eagle anointing. Brother Branham says the pilgrim fathers were very thankful for their newfound way of life. Being separated from the old English denominations and creed. They could marry to the new anointed word for their age. That's right, the new anointed word of their age for their day. So we can be thankful as pilgrims, like Abraham separated ourselves from the things of the world. All of our associates, Abraham was a pilgrim. God has separated us from all the dead religions. I'm speaking across the nations now. All the dead creeds, and to what? Separated us and opened to us a new land, a new message for this day. So it's about God preparing and equipping you for what you're going to face. Very specifically, He doesn't leave us fighting alone. But He's opened up the word specifically for this day. So that you would be equipped to be the final voice in this day. But in order for us to do that, there's something we have to do. Because Revelation 19.7 says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to Him for the marriage of the Lamb has come. And His wife hath made herself ready he provided the clothing he provided the material he said here it is but you got to put it on you got to willingly put it on and if it don't fit it ain't a material problem it's a you problem you got some trimming to do in your life he's done everything he's provided he's prepared but now the responsibility lies with you You have to take the message and let it change your life. It's you seeking God. It's you seeking more. It's you applying the token. It's you feeding on the word. And then you become a prepared voice. From our opening scriptures we begin to come down. There was a taking of the little book. Then there's a feeding on the little book. And then there is a life that begins to prophesy out and speak again. You take the book and you eat the book. Listen... This has to be consumed. You could put 47 of these in every room in your house and it would do you no good. If it's never opened. If it's never read. If it's never read with an attitude of, Lord, let this change me. See, this, that's the problem is many people skip the eat it up part. They want to take the book, I accept the message, then they want to start spewing out all their ideas. And they skip the eat part. They skip the part. And that's a crucial for the, for, uh, part is the eating of the book because that allows you to speak what he wants spoken. When you eat the book, it allows you to speak that. It's what prepares you to speak. Without eating the book, you have no right to speak. It's what gives you something to say. Preachers, we have to eat the book. Lay members, we have to eat the book. Everyone in between, we have to eat the book. We've got way too much speaking and not enough eating. We've got to eat the book. It's what's in the book that prepares you to speak. And how does it do that? It prepares us by stripping away all of our ideas. Stripping away all the ideas of men that have gone on before us and returning us to the original. Yes, yes, to the original at Pentecost. But also to the original and unchanging thoughts of God. All this message took us back before man ever existed. This message took us back to the back parts of God's mind before man, before Eden, before the fall, into the mind of God. And you know what it showed when we got there? You. It said you were there. A perfect thought. Oh my, I'm so... No, 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 no. You were in the thoughts of God and God doesn't have imperfect thoughts. It took us all the way back there and found you there. So it took us back before man ever had a thought. Listen, there's been many great men down through the ages with a lot of thoughts. Well-studied men. Well-intentioned men. Who studied and probed and looked and had thoughts and expressed those thoughts. And many times those thoughts became doctrine and accepted ideas. And they got passed down and they got ingrained into church theology. But this message took us back before those thoughts. And stripped us of all that thinking and it returned us to His thinking. Let this mind be in you. He sent this message so we wouldn't have to rely on our thoughts. Thank you, Lord. I don't say that towards your thoughts. I say that towards my thoughts. I thank God I don't have to rely on my thoughts. Because sometimes I'm up, down, inside out, turned around. Listen, we don't stand up here and act like we don't struggle just like you do. greatest battle ever fought is in the mind that goes for all of us I'm glad I'm not having to rely on this but he took us back before the thoughts of man and he said here's the truth here's what you can rely on here's what you can stand on in this day here's what's going to bring you overcoming and he sent this message and he made it to where you could face death he made it to where you could face hell and he made it to where you could stand toe to toe with the enemy in this day and know I have thus saith the Lord I can stand with thus saith the Lord This bride is equipped, even in light tabernacle, and prepared. And when she eats the book, it shows her saying exactly what the Spirit is saying over in Revelation 22. When you eat the book, you begin to speak exactly what the Spirit speaks. And what do they say? They say, come. Come. All that are thirsty, come and drink of the water of life freely. It says, come. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now that this message is not a message of judgment. Noah's message wasn't a message of judgment. The, the angels that went to Sodom and said, This place is about to burn, that wasn't judgment. That was mercy. Mercy warns of judgment. And that's all that's happening. This message warns, yes, it's judgment. But this is a message that comes forth saying grace, grace, grace. And if you're the final voice to the final age, you'll be saying grace. Come drink. Get in the ark. Come drink. It's not too late. But I've had three chances, four chances, five chances. Come for number six. Come for number seven. Come for number eight. The final voice says come on back. Come drink of the water of life freely. That's the final voice to the final age. It's a message of grace. Brother Brown says, I believe that we are now living in the last day. I believe that this is the last message. This message of grace that God has given to his church. If your voice doesn't match that, then where do you find yourself? Where do you find yourself in the scripture? Well, you got to come the way I think. Well, you got to come the way our church, the Spirit and the bride just say come and drink freely. That means free of my ideas, free of your ideas, free of any Rome's ideas, and you got to pay for it. It's free. Come and drink freely. I believe with all my heart that there's a bride on the earth who is a prepared voice that is speaking only what the Spirit speaks. Manifesting Jesus to a dying world, doing the works that Jesus did, standing for truth, standing for holiness. Listen, he wasn't going to get all the way down to the end and not have a voice. He wasn't going to get all the way here and be silent. He wasn't going to get all the way down here and let all these voices of deception and lies and evil just run rampant without somebody standing that he could put his hand on and say, here's my voice. Here's my people. Here's ones that I've anointed with the eagle anointing to stand in the last day. I'm proud to be identified with them. These are my people. And tonight I say there is a voice. There is a bride. And she has thus saith the Lord. There's many other voices in the land. But there's only one voice that has thus saith the Lord. What is our standard? What do we speak? We speak what his word says speak. In Noah's day, there was a way prepared. In Moses' day, there was a way prepared. And today, he has prepared a way. Today, he has sent a message. He has loosed every seal. He's released an eagle anointing. And I'm telling you to allow yourself to be prepared. Take it and allow it to change your life. Because it is in your hands now. Brother Branham says, this is the last warning. There will not be another. The throne room has been set up. The 12 foundations have been laid. The streets of gold have been paved. The gates of gigantic pearls are raised and hinged. Like a pyramid, she stands so fair and glorious. The heavenly beings who have prepared her watch breathlessly. For she glistens and shines with a glory that is unearthly. Every facet of her beauty tells of amazing grace and Jesus' love. She is a city prepared for a prepared people. She awaits only for her inhabitants, and soon they will throng her streets with joy. Yes, it is the last call. The Spirit will not speak in another age. The ages are over. We stand here at that crossing over time. We stand here at that moment, and he says, I must have a voice. I must have one who will stand and declare, let Satan's Eden's rage, let all hell break loose in this earth. But I'm going to stand and declare there is a living God. There is a mighty God. There is a God who saves. There's a God who heals. There's a God who fills with the Holy Ghost. And one of these days, the fulfillment's going to come. And we're going to step into a new body. And our voice will declare, it's real. It's true. The fulfillment of all of it. Can you imagine that moment when it sweeps over your body? Oh, the gates are hung. The city is shimmering. And it's only awaiting your arrival. It's a real place. It's a prepared place. And he has a prepared voice on the earth today declaring that there is a real and living God. We must give voice to truth. Do not go silently into the night. Give voice that there is a living God. There are still standards. The word of God is true. And he's coming back. For a people who sigh and cry for the abominations done in the city. He still marks those that cry out against what he cried out against. And stands for what he stands for. He's a living God. He's got a living, breathing bride. Standing on the earth today. That is a prepared voice. Someone giving voice to his thoughts. Giving voice to his word. In a dying age, there's a living people preparing to live eternally. Will you stand together with me tonight? Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. Don't let the lukewarmness of this day prepare you. Don't let the grayness of the pale horse rider prepare you because those things prepare you to stay. But this message prepares you to leave. This message prepares you to go. Brother Branham says the prophet upon whom the spirit of Elijah falls will prepare the children to welcome back Jesus. Have you been prepared to welcome back Jesus in this day? Then let's put the word in action. Let's go forth. The move is on. Let's press the battle like never before. Let's press the battle. Hey, look, I know many of us are tired. Many of you are struggling. Many of you have been on this way a long, long time. We're one day closer today than we were yesterday. You know what was said this week? just a powerful thought to me. So, you know, Sharon Rose, she ain't standing by that gate no more waiting on Billy Paul. You know, think about it. If she was standing there in 1937, and she said, I'm waiting. I don't even know how many years that's been. It's been a lot. 80-something years, 90, 88 years. But if she was going to stand there and wait, then to her, she was just waiting a moment. There is a sense of time there because you see the souls under the altar say, how long? And she even uses the term, I'm I'm waiting. So there's a sense of time. There's also a sense of timelessness because she's there a while waiting on Billy Paul. That means the city's ready. Everything's ready. And he says they're breathlessly awaiting think about it. that's how you hold your breath maybe just before the bride walks down the aisle you know when you're sitting in here 20 minutes before the wedding you're not breathlessly waiting the breathlessly waiting starts when the music hits the doors begin to open and you go and you look that's where we're at the gates are starting to open and they're starting to look to see who's going to walk through that door They're going to see me. They're going to see you. Because he said, I've gone to prepare a place. And I'm going to send a prepared anointing and a prepared message to make sure you're there. He's determined you're not going to miss it. He chose you. I can't unchoose you. Nobody can. And just like he had to provide the faith and he had to provide the lamb and he had to provide the life. If he chose you, he's got to make sure you get there. Because he can't go back on it. Gates are starting to open. And they're breathlessly looking. I say, here we go. Here we come. Another breath. Another day. Another week. Church, I don't care how long it is. It doesn't matter. To her, 88 years was a... I just know that I've been prepared by a glorious message that turned my heart an anointing that came and he said this is what I'm releasing to make sure they can stand and when it looks oh how prepared is it I'll tell you how prepared it is I don't even have it I'm going to look it up though Psalms 27 for in the time of trouble He shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. And he shall set me upon a rock. Church, if there's ever been a time of trouble, but you know what's happening right now? There's an eagle swooping down to snatch us. Snatch us out of here and take us to glory and set us upon a rock. There'll be no more trouble, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more death, no more dying, no more tears. And he did it all for us. Can we give him praise for that tonight? Father, we love you. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you've prepared our hearts, that you've prepared a place. Lord, that you've sent a prepared message and a prepared anointing. Lord, you've done it all. Now, Lord, may we as your bride prepare ourselves to receive you. The marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife hath made herself ready. Lord, let us take all that you've given us in this day and apply it to our lives. Apply it to our family. Apply it to our homes. That nothing would catch us unawares. Lord, and as your spirit begins to lift off this earth, Lord, that each and every one of us would go with you to that prepared place. Lord, we give you glory and we give you praise and we give you honor. Lord, you're so worthy of it. We adore you and we praise you for all that you've done. You are a mighty God. Lord, just take this service now, these words, Lord. And Lord, may it go to their intended place. In Jesus' name,
1: hallelujah. spirit out on me, fall just like the rain, saturate my thirsting soul.
2: Stand here and we want to give voice to the preparation that's gone before to say thank you Lord for making a prepared way allowing us Lord to be a prepared people Lord we don't want to try and manufacture a fitting of a robe but Lord we want that robe to slip around our shoulders Lord you've prepared us and it fits just right thank you for your word this evening Thank you for Brother Aaron, Lord. We pray that you'd restore back his strength. Lord, even as he has poured out, may you pour back into him. Lord, as we go singing this song this evening, you're all together lovely. You're all together worthy, Lord. Lord, prepare our hearts for the coming days ahead. And Sunday, if you would, tarry, bring us back, Lord, at the appointed time. We give you all this bless you. You're dismissed. Love you in the Lord. See you, Lord willing, on Sunday.